This is Warren Hayashi, president of Audien Asia Pacific, and you're listening to Audien's Behind the Figures podcast, where we engage some of our top merchants in one-on-one conversations to get the stories behind their impressive business figures. For today's episode, we'll be speaking with Australia's leading retailer, City Beach. Listen on to find out how Audien is partnering with City Beach to enable better online and in-store shopping experiences. Learn more about its strategies for digital transformation, adding new payment methods, and how City Beach grows its loyal following. Hi, I'm Hayley Fisher, the Adjun Country Manager for Australia and New Zealand. Today, we'll be speaking with Ryan Greenway, Chief Information Officer at City Beach. City Beach is one of Australia's leading fashion retailers. They have a popular online store and over 60 retail stores throughout Australia. They stock 300 plus brands of some of the world's biggest brands across surf and skate styles. The partnership between City Beach and Adyen started in 2018 with e-commerce and then followed by point of sale. More recently, we've been partnering with City Beach to offer mobile wallets and the buy now, pay laters. We're excited to chat to Ryan today about shopping and payment preferences among City Beach shoppers. How does he see the retail trends growing? And as business landscapes keep evolving, how can retailers keep up? Hey, Ryan, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Hayley. So to begin, can you please give us a quick introduction of yourself and your role at City Beach? Yeah, no worries. My name is Ryan Greenway, as I guess we covered off in the intro. Um, Chief Information Officer at City Beach. Um, coming up to my 13th anniversary, um, which is a little bit longer than I thought I would stay. Um, you never kind of plan things out that way. We're still doing a lot of really exciting stuff over there. Um, the end of our digital transformation journey is almost upon us. And I manage quite a large team that looks after all of that recently implemented modern technology from point of sale machines all the way through to the website. So 13 years. So how has City Beach and Australian retail changed over those years? Really interesting, right? I, um, I think I joined just after the GFC. And so really interesting time for retail, watching a lot of retailers close up as a little bit of a, I guess, a similar feel to what we're seeing now with some of the retailers, you know, closing up as a result of COVID. But um, you never forget starting at a, a modern company, uh, finding out all the systems were kind of DOS-based or something not too far removed from DOS, um, you know, single screens, very ancient stuff, but um, they done grading in the business where it was at the time. As we record this podcast, a number of Australian states are still in lockdown. So how have the City Beach team adapted through the lockdowns and, and coming out of them? We've been really lucky in that um, our head office and our distribution centre are both based in Queensland. Um, so outside of the recent forced, harsh lockdown, um, we only really had one of those for a small period of time last year. So very lucky. We don't have any stores in Victoria or South Australia. So the New South Wales lockdown this time around is the, um, probably the biggest impact we've had since the start of the pandemic. And as this is a Adyen Payments podcast, so it would be great if you could touch on how City Beach view payments as part of your overall strategy. I think they're incredibly important. Um, the directors are slowly coming on that journey. Uh, we used to talk about Afterpay coming to the market and then Zip following soon after. And we got into a lot of discussions around, would you have Visa or MasterCard? You know, if you go all the way back to when cards first came out, you know, there was no real decision to take one or the other. They were just there, so you took them. And that's kind of the approach we've put on all the buy now, pay laters and um, different payment methods in the market is that you can't not have something that one of your customers might want to use. It's been a difficult and bumpy journey for us to get where we are with all of them. It seems to be a new one to market once every six weeks and kind of keeping up with the ones that you feel are relevant to your customer is always hard. Um, but recently launching most of the major players in store and launching a new website soon, the, the same collection of payment providers on there as well, we're very excited about. 
if we look back on the retail industry, so 2020, 2021, it got a lot of retailers rethinking about the experiences they offer shoppers. So comparing with a few years ago, the conversation is less about online versus in-store and more about how brands can offer a seamless, frictionless shopping experience across any channel. Um, it'd be good to understand from your side, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen with your customers when it comes to shopping behavior across channels? Look, it's been a hard one. We, um, we've kind of conditioned as most retailers have in the online space that there's always a sale. Um, you know, if you just wait for that email, you might get one, two or three. There's always something that comes through. And so trying to replicate that, I guess, excitement in the bricks and mortar space has always been quite difficult. Um, joining promotions across separate parts of the business has always been a real barrier for us as well. That mechanics and technology that exist in a modern web platform are always harder to replicate in a slightly older point of sale platform. And linking the two is um, near on impossible. So we do our best with the offers that are presented online to honor those within the store network. Um, but definitely bridging the two together so we have that seamless view of customer across both channels. We're not as mature in that space as we'd hope we'd be by now. And how do you, if you're not mature now, like how are you planning to adapt to that, to cater for that type of shop behavior? I think loyalty is a, a really good gateway into that. Um, I reference Pet Barn almost daily at head office. Um, I think their loyalty plan is amazing. You give them your phone number and it just follows you around, right? And whether you're shopping online or in store, they know who you are what you've bought, your pet's name, it's fantastic. If we can replicate something like that in the um, the fashion space, I think it's a real winner. Fantastic. I think it just shows the the importance of using data to understand your customers better, right? 100%. Um, and when we think about different customers, I always get this question about the demographics, right? So perhaps a difference of how a Gen Z or a millennial have expectations in terms of seamless shopping. Do you have anything you can share about the differences there that you see? It's interesting. I mean, our demographic is primarily younger people. Um, that's kind of the market we target. But when we did some um, analytics about 12 months ago, we really found that it was a much broader range. So, you know, the mums and the dads, the grandmas and the grandpas are shopping with us as much. A lot of those people have grown up with the brand. And so, you know, you may have been an 18-year-old, you know, 20 years ago. You're still shopping with us now because of that. I guess the engagement piece that we had at the time has kind of kept you true to the brand. Um, there's not a lot of retailers privately owned of our size in Australia either. And I think that rings um, quite true for a lot of our customer base. What a great success story as well. It's clearer more than ever that retailers need to keep up not only with the latest looks, but the latest shopper needs. So whether it's enabling a unified commerce experience where they buy online, they may pick up in store or return in store and then offer customers their preferred payment methods whether it's a mobile wallet, card, or buy now, pay later. Um, you touched on the buy now, pay later before, and I, it's not surprising that we're going to ask about them as well. Um, but what are some of the more interesting trends that you observed about those mobile wallets or the growth of the buy now, pay laters? Look, I don't think anyone expected them to be as big as they are. Um, if I look at the original days we onboarded with Afterpay, you know, Afterpay had a really small deck at the time. And said that day three will be, you know, 30% of your basket. You'll have this huge sales uplift. And we all kind of joked about it. It was like, how could this be so good? Um, and then literally within a week of going live, you started seeing this upward trend. Um, originally, it was quite interesting to follow because it had this eight-week dip where everyone would pay off their afterpays. They wouldn't have any money in their account. And then it would spike back up. And that kind of, I guess, normalized over a period of time. Um, but what we're seeing now is all those other previous credit providers in the space, like your Latitudes, are really trying to break in as well. 
we definitely saw people move more towards them during COVID. So, you know, wherever you could delay payment is obviously, you know, what people would do if personal circumstances and finances are, are not known. So you may not make that one big purchase. You might be happier spreading it out over a period of time. But if you look at, I guess, the large COVID event last year that it kind of saw JobKeeper and those things come into the market, it, it really saw just cash and card transactions you know, shoot through the roof. Um, people had a available income they didn't have previously. And the buy now pay later has probably got a, a clip out of that, but not as much as they could have. Um, unfortunately, they really own that payment space now. And if I look at the rollout of after paying the digital card, it's been um, interesting to, to say the least. Um, and seeing all the other providers move towards that model, I guess makes the market penetration a lot easier for them as well. And the commentary is always around each of those providers having a different demographic based service. And so if you can kind of get them to come towards you because they can pay the way they want, hopefully you can get an uplift in sales, particularly in that bricks and mortar space. Fantastic. Just having the payment methods that are catered for the consumers, however they want to pay. Um, so while payments need to evolve, it's more prominent even in the last few years that retailers have been forced to digitise more quickly. And even if it wasn't part of their digital transformation plans already, how has your strategy changed? And you know, what are you planning to do going forwards? As we look at uh, international trade as a, a key thing for the next 12 months, We've only really considered historically the Australian buy now pay laters. If you go to America, the UK, there's a whole collection of them, which we hope are as, as market prevalent as um, the ones here, but it's just something we never thought we'd have to really cater for. We finalised the bulk of our transformation journey in um, late 2019. So just in um, time for COVID, I guess is the best way to put it. And that saw us retire, I guess, 80% of our legacy tech stack. Um, so we had bespoke point of sale, bespoke back a house. All those things have constrained us previously from being able to be dynamic in the space. So launching those just before Christmas that year was a great strength in terms of trading through. And we've been able to use those new systems to kind of, I guess, grow and modify and meet those customer needs a little bit easier. And so I kind of referenced um, recently onboarding a couple of developers for our ERP, and they've allowed us to really deliver things like payment integrations, um, alternate ways of shopping, a whole heap of stuff that used to be timely and expensive with third-party vendors doing that all internally so we can control that transformation journey a little bit easier now and really great our customer needs. And then when you talk about transformation in Australia, they have so many success stories of retailers being so successful here and then finding further success internationally or going global. And um, what can you share about City Beach's plans or what what's next in terms of global expansion? We've been global for a couple of years now, um, historically with the Pitney Bowers Border Free product. I think we we're very early adopted of that in Australia, and we really enjoyed the experience that they customised the site for regions. I guess is the best way to put it, and offered us localised payment methods, um, in current currency, conversion of language as well in some regions. Um, so it allowed you to kind of penetrate those international markets with a very light touch. Um, when they pulled out of the market, we were a little bit shocked. Uh, we had to pivot and do something really quickly. And we've got a, another player in at the moment who um, allows us to do a, an international checkout of sorts. Um, but it's not a great experience. It's all in AUD. It doesn't have localized payment methods. Um, you can't use buy now, pay laters in different regions. It's really just Visa, MasterCard and PayPal maybe if we get that off the ground in the coming weeks. Um, launching a new site later this year, going international direct is a, a key focus, um, something we've never been in a position to do before. And again, looking to leverage the relationship with Adium to try and get some more localized payment methods in those countries as well. We do believe that it has a, a real difference to the customer experience if they can see the pricing in their local currency, but more importantly, check out in that currency as well. Trying to do the maths on AUD versus um, wherever you may be, 
um, unless you're in the space, um, it's not that straightforward. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of lessons to learn about retailers going international. A few things um, that we find with our merchants when they're looking at going internationally. And one thing you mentioned is already the currency or um, local pricing. That's what consumers want to see. Another thing is having those payment methods or the local payment methods that consumers want to pay in. While you might have the buy now, pay later here in Australia, they may be different in each international market. And other things is uh, local debit schemes. So you might support them in those markets. So you mentioned going into the US where they have a number of local debit schemes at point of sale to be able to access as well. But it sounds like you're going to have the platform in order to be able to grow your business uh, internationally. So exciting times. Very excited. A little bit nervous about um, every state in America having their own duties and taxes. Uh, we're still trying to work that one out, but um, we think it might be a little bit easier in some of the other regions. Yeah, absolutely. Very exciting. We're looking forward to working with City Beach on your global expansion plans. A um, couple more questions. So with City Beach being a very you know, forward-thinking brand, what's your guiding philosophy when it comes to business and innovation? Innovation's a real new thing for us. We, we're just never in a position where we could link modern systems to our old system with any kind of real-time data transfer. So looking at things like click and collect, ship from store, all things we can see our um, competitors doing in the market, they're all just dreams, you know, at the end of some rainbow that we're never going to get to. They're, they're all things that are a reality for us now. And I think in the um, the COVID world, click and collect and ship from store are, are potential opportunities to even be able to trade during lockdowns and the like. So but we're looking at how we can leverage the store network more for those kind of things. And my last question, Ryan, is what is one payments-related advice that you would share with industry leaders such as yourself? Don't be afraid of the buy now, pay later space. And I talk about it a lot, but for us, it was a fairly slow journey. We didn't onboard a lot of the players as quickly as I would have liked or we could have. Getting in there, you know, just adding them all, it sounds silly to have so many different payment types. But like I said earlier, you wouldn't have Visa card or MasterCard. You've got to have both. Um, so it's the same as the buy now, pay later. If your customer has them and they want to use them, you need to provide that service. It's all part of the um, let your customer shop how, when and why they want. Oh, well, thanks, Ryan. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Haley. It's been great catching up and um, hopefully can do this in person at some point. Yeah, we look forward to it. You've been listening to Audience Behind the Figures podcast. We look forward to sharing more business stories with you. Be sure to follow and subscribe to get the latest updates. 